재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Elvis Presley with blue suede shoes. And the reason that's important is because the man on the pedestal today is a man that goes by the name Andy Kaufman. And he was known to have done one of the best Elvis Presley impersonations. Now, have you ever watched, uh, I guess, one of those unbelievable moments on TV or caught on someone's camera and wonder, man, is that real? Yeah. <laughs> you, you question, it's like, I can't believe that happened. Wait a minute, is that real? Yeah. Uh, or maybe, there's a lot of skeptical moments. Right. Or maybe you've read someone's comments and, on social media and thought, is, is this person serious? Mm. Uh, if you have, you're, you're not the only person, nor are you the first person, because back in the 1970s, a man named Andy Kaufman introduced the world to trolling. Really? He is, he is legitimately <laughs> the first troll, but in all forms of media, including life, if that's a form of media. So why are we talking about him today? It's because recently there was a film released uh, that featured uh, Jim Carrey. And I guess most everyone knows Jim Carrey, but they're not familiar with his idol, who is Andy Kaufman. Yeah, I I think this is uh, one of my first times hearing about uh, this guy, Andy Kaufman. I think you you showed me like clips and videos beforehand, but that's all the information I have about him. The the rabbit hole goes so deep. Mm. There's We only have a limited amount of, talk, of time to talk about him, but... In the short amount, in the short time of his career, so much happened that you're kind of like, I can't believe this. It was kind of like he was on stage 24-7. All the time, yeah. Now, uh, the, this recent film with Jim Carrey, it is, well, follow carefully, it's the behind-the-scenes footage of Jim Carrey making the movie called Man on the Moon back in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. In Man on the Moon, Jim Carrey plays Andy Kaufman as it retraces Andy Kaufman's life. So this new film that comes out kind of retraces this process that Jim Carrey went through as he became Andy Kaufman. And he basically started living and acting exactly like Andy Kaufman, even when the cameras were off or not rolling. And that is basically how Andy Kaufman lived his life. So let's get... yeah. Well, a lot of actors, I mean, is that a type of like method acting? A lot of, of actors tend to like in their brain, they are this person. I think that's the reason why people say that after six months of shooting a film, they have to have this downtime of right. discovering themselves, rediscovering themselves once again. And that's the reason why we, we've lost a lot of actors because they couldn't just win over that. Well, honestly, this was probably this adventure for Jim Carrey was the beginning of what he would say his unraveling mm. as well. It was, the, it was the very first step that he took. And it was hard to get back, Sure, he said. Yeah. But um, in that, in those cases, most actors, they'll admit, all right, I'm done playing the part. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what everyone has been waiting for Andy Kaufman to do, say, okay. Gigs up. Gigs up, but yeah. he wouldn't budge. Now, a little bit about his life. He's uh, born back in 1949. And at the age of nine, he was already entertaining kids at their birthday parties for like two hours straight. Basically, he would do whatever he could to keep people's attention as long as he could. Now, Andy said that uh, while other kids were out playing ball and stuff. I used to stay in my room and imagine that there was a camera in the wall and I used to really believe I was putting on a television show and that it was going out somewhere in the world. Now, most people remember him as a comedian because he made a lot of people laugh since he often made, um, you know, he would make jokes of things and and such, but Mm -hmm. that's only because they, they really didn't know how to react to him. In fact, they weren't really quite sure who the real Andy Kaufman More was. Of a, a nervous laughter, perhaps? Yeah, a, a lot. I mean, when it started off, they were laughing because they thought, oh my gosh, this guy has, he's clueless. He's socially unaware. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how bad he is. But then he would do something. They're like, oh my gosh, no, he's, he's very with it. He's right. doing this on purpose. And then they're caught right in the middle. Now, when he first started gaining attention, what he's best remembered for is this character called Latka. He just made it up. It's some foreign 
foreign non-English speaking country. And uh, he went on and did a stand-up as a stand-up comedian. And the, the gag was he was this person trying to do stand-up, but he couldn't tell a joke properly. Now, it's like if you ever saw William Hung on American Idol, is that the show? She bangs. Right. It's like that kind of moment where people are like, oh, is this guy serious? Yeah. <laughs> and so he would do all these impress- impersonations. He would tell jokes that had no punchline. Right. He, yeah, which he called the punch. And uh, he would do impersonations and he would say something like, and now I would like to do an impression of Mr. Carter, the president of the United States of America. Hello, my name is Mr. Carter. Thank you very much. And, and, and people would laugh because like, oh, my gosh, it's so bad. It's so bad. And then he would say, now I'm going to do now I'd like to do impression of Elvis Presley. And they would they would just laugh because like, oh, my gosh, so many people impersonate Elvis Presley. This is going to be the worst thing in the world. And then he would turn around to his suitcase, rip off his pants to reveal like this flashy suit underneath, mm-hmm. do up his hair, spin around and be like, oh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Elvis Presley. And he would sing a song. And Elvis Presley even said that this was the best impression. Oh, yeah, it was good. So that's where people were like, OK, he does have talent. He does have talent. And he's there's a mind in there. There's something at work. All right. Now, let's let's keep going. Even when the joke seemed to be over, his thing was. He would never break character, unflinching character. That's the best way to describe Andy Kaufman. So many times uh, he would he would play just a nervous performer who bombs so badly that people would legitimately start booing him off the stage. And then he would get so angry at the crowd that he started yelling back at them. And and then he would break into tears and uh, his performance would just leave people in confusion, sometimes laughing and sometimes angry. Sometimes people, you know, some people sometimes just like drama. Yeah. And there would be fights on stage. But Perhaps confused as well. Is this, is this whole, the whole thing part? Is it planned out? Is it part of the performance? Right. Or? But because he never admitted to it. Mm. Yeah. You couldn't say either way. Now, his girlfriend, Lynn, uh, she said that uh, everything he did was for his own entertainment. Mm. And he didn't care what anyone else thought. And that's mm. why he was able to stay in character. Um, there was, uh, let me think. What's the best thing? He was a regular guest uh, uh, on, on David Letterman's show and the Dick Van Dyke show. So this is kind of where David Letterman actually got a lot of his viewership because he regularly brought on Andy Kaufman. But even even David Letterman didn't know sometimes when he was fooling. Now, he created a character. Andy Kaufman created a character called Tony Clifton, a washed-up, chain-smoking Las Vegas performer. And uh, he would put on makeup and, and a costume and appear on shows as Tony and would never admit to being Andy Kaufman, even though people were like, oh, it's definitely Andy. But this fooled some people because producers of a show watched Tony Clifton open for Andy Kaufman. And then after this, they approached Andy and had him sign a contract to do a TV show. But Andy said he would only do the TV show as long as Tony Clifton could do one episode. Mm. And the producer signed Tony thinking they were also getting another person as well. They, they signed Andy and Tony. They legitimately thought it was two different people. But it's confusing, though, because many people, even though they thought they knew better, uh, that, of course, Tony and Andy were the same person, including David Letterman. Uh, no, not including David Letterman. They thought that they were different people. Uh, it wasn't until long after his death that people like David Letterman found out that it was actually his manager, Bob Smuda, that he was the one that was putting on the costume and appearing on this Letterman show. Sometimes it was Andy. Sometimes it was Bob. Sometimes it was his brother. This is like the prestige. I know. And that's in the thing. In real life. And what was the thing about the prestige is you never, you never 
you know live, which one is which. You live the act, right? Yeah. And so it kept people confused. And, and, and that's the beauty of it. It didn't have to be one way or the other. It was just as long as people were left guessing. And once they would believe one thing, mm. Andy would go on and convince him of another thing. Now, before we move on to the ending of his life, uh, I'll just mention one more. Look into his career as a wrestler because he got into wrestling and he would challenge <laughs> women. And he would get on and say the most misogynistic, offensive things about women. And so people legitimately started to hate this man. Right. And they wanted to pound him. And he would say, if any woman can beat me in the ring, I will give them a thousand dollars. And he's a small, scrawny man, but he would legitimately l- wrestle women. And um, Would he lose? Would he win? He never lost to a woman. But then he even said, I'll give you five thousand dollars. And if you beat me, I will offer my hand in marriage. <laughs> But the, I know, but the thing is, people thought that he was so out of his mind that uh-huh. he thought that that was like a gift to right, women. You know? right, so right. he got he he was willing to make people hate him until a man stepped on the stage and said, "Oh, I'll challenge you." Wrestled him, almost broke his neck. He was carried out of the place in a hospital stretcher. Long after his death, we find out that that was all a plan. And that even in later interviews after his death, the wrestler still kept the gag going. He wouldn't admit that he knew Andy Kaufman and that it was all wow. a thing. So little by little, things came out. So let's get to the sad ending of this story. The sad ending is that because they didn't know that it was a character, they had a hard time. People had a hard time believing him at mm-hmm. any level. Mm-hmm. And so they wouldn't know whether he was doing a character or whether he was being his real self. And so when he developed a rare form of lung cancer – People still believe that he was. It was the next new oh, thing. Oh no! And so he died at the short age of thirty-five, um, and yeah, he uh, and then he was he joined by you know some of his parents and some of his closest friends who, right. who knew, but not many people believed until after he died. His and whole then life, was even after his death, people thought you know he talked of faking his death once. This ah. is all a grand hoax, and still people to this day hold to the fact that Andy Kaufman will will come out of hiding and say. I fooled the world. Tony Clifton still appears at certain performances and people are like, it's him. He's still yeah. alive because they still don't know that his manager dresses up as him. Could be. But in any case, that is the uh, the inspiration of Jim Carrey as well. Yes. So let's take a listen to uh, the tribute from the 1992 uh, Andy Kaufman and the name of Jim Carrey's movie about him. Man on the Moon. Here's R.E.M. <laughs> 